Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. I look at a couple things. Credit scores, liquid assets, purchase price, rehab budget, after repair value. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to mention Trevor McGregor. Trevor is a real estate results coach. I've been paying him and working with him for years now. He actually is responsible for giving me the idea to do a podcast. So it's not only about transactions that he gives advice on, how to find more deals, how to make more money, but also how to build a holistic plan around your real estate entrepreneurship endeavors. That's what I love about working with Trevor, that and being held accountable for what I say I'm going to do and actually making sure that I follow through and do it. I feel like I'm a pretty results-oriented, accountable kind of person, but it's always nice to have someone who's there guiding you along the way and giving you strategy as well as psychology tips for how to deal with you know the things that come up as a real estate entrepreneur. Trevor has made a wonderful offer for the best ever listeners, and that is that he's offering a free coaching session. Go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-W-I-T-H-T-R-E-V-O-R.com. Highly recommend him. I've worked with him before. I'm currently working with him right now as my business, as my real estate investing coach. Highly recommend you do the same. Take him up on his offer. Get a free coaching session, coachwithtrevor.com. Best ever listeners, hello, hello. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And boy, if you are ever curious about hard money and what lenders think about your deals and how they approach it, uh, well, you're going to hear from a very seasoned hard money expert today and a hard money lender who's actively doing it. How are you doing, Ken Vesley? Good, Joe. How are you? Doing well. And very excited to have uh, you as a guest on on the show today. Looking forward to learning more about your business, learning more about how you structure transactions and how you approach things. A little bit about Ken, and then he'll get into his background in more detail. He's uh, and he's been involved in over six thousand deals spanning eighteen years, totaling over eight hundred million dollars in transactions. He is a hard money and private money lender specializing in funding rehab and construction loans in most of the states, 39 states. He's based in Tom's River, New Jersey, and he has a a wonderful, one of my favorite URLs out of all the guests I've interviewed because it's so darn clear and straightforward and memorable. 
It's hardmoneyman.com. So you can say hi to Ken at hard, H-A-R-D, money. You know how to spell money. Man, you should know how to spell man.com. With that being said, Ken, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. I'd like to say thanks for having me on the show. Best ever listeners. Hopefully I can provide you guys with something today that you know you can use in everyday business. Just a little background on me. Uh, I'm an actual actual Wall Street guy. I ran out of college. Started uh, with my Series 7. Was a stock trader for a while. Always loved being on the money side of the table. Um, My father was an attorney in New York City for years. And if you know New York real estate, no real estate deal goes down without an attorney. So while he was making private money and hard money loans back, you know, 30, 40 years ago, Kind of got me into it about 25 years, about uh, 20 years ago. I made my first loan 18 years ago out of my own pocket and just been going ever since then, trying to adapt to the times, but trying at the same time not to really rewrite exactly what hard money is. You know, back in the day, even still on deals here in New York City, you know, it's, it's kind of just let's go through the property. We like it. We shake hands and we make a loan. Um, I know a lot of. Rehab and construction deals are a little bit different, but our main niche is really local stuff where, you know, we can go out, see the property, meet the borrower, shake his hand. And, you know, if we like him, we like the property, we lend the money. With, with uh, your your bio, when you uh, sent it over to me before the call, you said that you like doing deals where other lenders kind of spin their wheels and they don't make it happen. And then you close in a day or two. Tell me a story uh, about when that's happened before. I have one actually closing on Wednesday. I'm closing on a deal on Guy Brewer Boulevard in Queens on a mixed-use property. I have a developer in Manhattan that owns an energy company who's buying a mixed-use small property. It's on a smaller lot, but he brought it to a lender. He's paying $1.7 million for the mixed-use. Even though it has three commercial units down, you know, three commercial units and a couple of apartments, the old, the first lender couldn't wrap his head around why he was overpaying for the property. So looking into it, realizing that lending on construction deals, this guy has to be taking this building down. I was able to find out that he could turn that small 2,300 square foot building into 24,000 buildable square feet. Knowing exactly why he's buying it for that, for the price that he's paying, even though he's overpaying for the market, we're making a loan to him for a million one closing on Wednesday, just because as soon as I got on the call with him, he said to me, hey, I'm taking this down. I'm either putting up a hotel or an apartment building. To me, that's a guy that knows exactly what he's doing. He's not just buying it because his friend down the block said it's a great idea. And with that, let's just work through that scenario. He got on a call. He's very straight shooter as uh, as you are. And he said, I'm, I'm going to be doing a hotel or apartment building. Well, those are similar from you know how they generate revenue. They are different businesses. Uh, was it concerning to, to that he didn't know which direction he was going? It would actually come down to what he can get permitted for in the area. So he knows he can get residential apartment permits. He's not 100% sure that he can get permitted for a hotel. And does he have, and I know we're going down the rabbit hole on this one, but does he have experience doing both of those? He has experience in real estate itself, in development he doesn't, but looking at his bank statements and his credit score and what his business generates on a yearly basis, he definitely understands business and how to make money. So I would assume somebody bringing $600,000 to a closing is probably not rolling the dice. Got it. Okay. Are your deals 
generally that size or what range do they go I've from? I've done deals as small as on, on rehabs. It really depends on the state. You know, we do a lot of stuff in the South. I do Alabama, Mississippi. You're not saying that there are smaller deals down there, but you know, some of the guys are buying, you know, the, the twenty, $30,000 properties. We've made $20,000 loans. To me, it's not the loan size. It's the deal itself. So on a good deal, we'll make a loan on a bad deal. We'll pass. What's, What's too small and what's too large? Too small, I would say anything under a $20,000 loan just because the time it takes to just put a loan together on this side and review it and you know even the cost for a borrower at some point becomes prohibitive. Um, on the big side, I try and stay under $5 million. It's something I would do in-house. Um, if I have to bring partners in, I can go larger. When you are evaluating deals... How? What percentage of them that you look at do you actually lend on? I probably see about forty to sixty deals a day. I would guess on average or over a seven day period. So think about you know maybe two hundred to three hundred deals a week. And out of those two to three hundred, I'd say maybe twelve to thirteen of them end up closing. So maybe two to three. Yeah, two six two or seven percent of the deals. You know what it is? What you have the deals that they fit in three piles. One first pile is the deal just doesn't work. Second pile is great deal, borrower just doesn't have any cash to get in the deal. And the third deal is, well, actually four piles. Fourth deal is you have the tire kickers that are just rate and point shopping. And then the last pile is the guy that says, hey, I'm talking to a guy that can close my loan. Am I going to risk going out to save maybe a point on the rate or do I definitely want to close this deal? What was the fourth one? The fourth one is you get the guy on the phone that understands that while it might, might not be the rate and points he's looking for, You'd rather have the guaranteed close than risk maybe not closing, going out to shop his rates. Got it. What type of background do each of the four? Well, no, I don't want to ask that. How about this? Because because I think the the background for someone who doesn't have money is someone who just doesn't have money. So that's what I'm saying. I don't I don't think there's a question there. That can, yeah, um, that can get me off on a whole nother tangent, but I think that's for a different. Oh goal. yeah, let's hear let's hear your tangent. I want to hear it. I, listen, I, I don't bash anybody's business model. I understand there are ways to get deals done without money. Just for me to look at a deal when a borrower, the numbers might be great. You might be bringing me you know, a 30 LTV deal, but if it's not good enough for your money, why is it good enough for my money? But what if you don't have money? There's a reason everyone doesn't live in a $5 million house. What do you mean by that? Not everybody could afford to invest in real estate. You know, I think that since the crash in, in 06, 07, real estate investing has gone from in being an investment to a way for people to look at it and say, wow, I can get rich doing this, not realizing that with the stock market down the way it is, you know, since even the first of the year, you look at some of these stocks down 20, 30%. doesn't mean that you could pick them up for free because they, they went down in price. It just means that you could buy more of them for the same dollar amount or you can have dollar cost average down. Yeah, it's interesting because I've talked to some hard money lenders and they say, well, we got the property as collateral. Well, Um, there are two different kinds of hard money lenders. You have the guy who looks at a loan and says, I'm lending you money for a guaranteed rate of return over a guaranteed period. And then you have the loan to own lender who says, hey, if you default on on the loan, I lent you $100,000 on a $200,000 property. No problem. I'll take it back. I'll sell it. I'll make the profit. And which one are you? I'm the first one. Okay, so get guaranteed a uh, fixed percentage uh, versus the loan to own. Correct. Well, what happens if they default in your model? We try and do loans where we feel secure. Obviously, defaults do happen. 
you know, we'll try and work something out with the borrower to say, hey, you know, finish up. Here's, you know, here's what's needed to finish up. We'll put some payments on the back. You know, whatever we can do to work it out so we don't actually have to step in and either finish a product or, or market it ourselves to sell it. What's the most challenging aspect of your job? Um, I guess weeding through the number of deals to find the good ones that work. And I would say there's a few answers to that. And I think one of the biggest problems in the industry today is just the false promise of rates that don't exist or programs that don't exist. And you see so many borrowers chasing that program and they end up spinning their wheels and either losing good deals or, you know, they're in their 72 hour crunch where their contract's about to expire. They realize the dream that they chase for that rate that doesn't exist or, or program that doesn't exist. And now they're getting down to the finish and they're in a complete frenzy. When you say PROAM, will you elaborate on that acronym? Yeah, 100% funding. Uh, I hear all the time, you know, oh, you know, this guy promised me 100%. This guy, you know, told me 8% on the rate. I've been doing this long enough to know that, you know, those deals, while it might be true, if you could find a private lender in, in your backyard or, or a family member to go out there and actively shop for a lender, they're probably not out there. With the weeding through the deals to find one that works thing, at this point, you've been doing it for 18 years, right? Correct. You've been doing it for 18 years. I I'm assume that you can, as Malcolm Gladwell would call, thin slice through it. You'd find the most relevant things and start looking at those. If, if Is that the case? And if so, what do you look for initially? I look at a couple things. Credit scores, liquid assets, purchase price, rehab budget, after repair value. So I have a little questionnaire that I send out to my guys with those five questions in it, plus a couple others, which is just the property address and some other things. But those five really tell me if I have a deal. It's credit scores. Chances are, if the guy's got bad credit and he's not paid anybody else, he's probably not going to pay me if I make a loan to him. Liquid assets? Liquid assets. Does the guy have enough cash to get in the deal? And can he pay me if it's a rehab, which is not generating income on a monthly basis in the beginning? Does he have some money in reserves to pay me until he can get the property finished and either sold or rented? And then ARV purchase price and rehab are pretty self-explanatory. What type of ARV are you looking for? We do up to 65% max. Right now, we're sticking to just uh, one to four unit properties. We are or should be sometime this year expanding that to a commercial program where we will be doing five plus unit properties as well. When you start doing five plus, do these five things change? When you start doing five units plus, do these five items change? They do, actually. We would be looking for better credit borrowers. And the first thing we would be looking at is experience. I can tell you there's a big difference between a single family rehab and a 30 or 40 unit rehab. And one of the bigger things for me also is the contractor that's doing the work. Um, You can't just have a regular guy that, you know, he's got a couple of guys on staff to do a, a huge multifamily rehab. You have to actually have a guy who has experience in doing rehabs on buildings that size. Because if you have a loan for 12 or 18 months, you need enough time to finish it, stabilize it, and then get some rental income on paper so you can go and get a takeout loan. Walk me through just a standard deal and then help help me understand the best of listeners understand where do you make money and how much on a standard deal? It really depends on if I do the deal in-house. It depends if I bring the deal to a cash partner of mine. It, 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 there's, you know, lenders make money. You know, People look at points on a deal and think a lender is making their money or they're, they're taking the points and, and that's how they make their money. 
the way I try to explain it is very simple. If I make a loan to you today, January 18th, right? You call me back on February 10th and tell me you're paying me off. So you have the loan out for three weeks. If I didn't charge any points on that loan, I went through all that work on my end, which is coordinating title, attorney, appraisal, paperwork, everything that has to be done, and I hadn't even made a month's worth of interest. So lenders take points on deals, which is how we make our money, saying, hey, if you're going to pay us off early, we've gotten paid something for doing the work on the deal. But a, a typical loan, depending on, on the borrower and the location of the, property, of the property, most borrowers are in their loans for, 90, for nine months. Okay. So uh, in, in that scenario, and thanks for that, uh, the perspective on the early payoff and, and why points are important. I, I agree. I mean, I totally understand that. Take us through just a, tradi- a typical, I, I know you might say there's nothing typical, but just go through one scenario. Just pick any example and tell us um, just because some people might want to be hard money lenders and okay. they, might, they, they might not have the experience yet, but they want to know what type of money is in it for them if they become one. So can you just give us one oh, example? I- I actually I have a lot of individuals that want to invest in real estate but don't have enough to actually go out and buy a property themselves. They don't want to you know go out and do the rehab or, or whatever the case. And I have guys that invest through or lend through me, and they'll do as little as twenty five thousand. And the way that I structure it is, I give them first lien on the property, so they would get the full coupon return, and I would take the points for structuring the deal. So if a guy calls me today and says, "Hey, I have fifty thousand dollars." You know, if you have any notes that you could put me in, he would get 12% on that 50000 or 1% per month until it's paid off, which, you know, especially in this market, 1% a month is a great return. Got it. Okay. So points and then uh, the, the return on an ongoing basis. You, you mentioned our referral fees and cash buyers and stuff. What, what type of fee structure do you have with that? Referral fees, I mean, if a guy calls me and he's looking to put money out, of, you know, become a lender but doesn't know what to do or, or where to start or doesn't have the deal flow to put it in, Yeah, I will give them, you know, 12% is usually the rate that we charge unless there's something crazy about the deal or unless it's a white elephant property. I'm actually doing one right here in Tom's River down the block from me uh, that a family member of mine is funding. It's a gas station service station car wash and we're getting a 14% coupon on that because it's a white elephant property. So they are getting first lien on the property. They'll make the loan. The loan will be in their entity name and they would get the full return painted on every month, which would be about 1.1% a month. And what what do you mean by white elephant property? I should probably know this. A white elephant, if I take back a gas station and car wash, white elephant means I can't do anything with that except for use it as a gas station car wash and I got to find the next guy that wants to own that property type. Okay. Got it. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? To a borrower looking to borrow money or to investors as a whole? I'd say let's do both. You know, let's double up. Okay. To a borrower looking to borrow money, I would say when you send a lender a summary, be as clear and concise as possible with what you want and give as much detail as, as you could. Instead of having the lender have to come back to you five or 10 times asking for more information. And when you send emails to lenders, or if you do, make sure you label all of your attachments. It just becomes a pain if everything says, you know, scan 006, whatever it is, because then you got to dig back through that file if it's a deal that you're doing, and it just takes up unnecessary time. And don't be afraid to, I got one more, and don't be afraid to tell the lender 
if there's something bad or if you think there's something bad with the deal and let the lender figure out for himself if that would be a deal killer or not. You'd rather have a lender kill a bad deal because maybe he sees something that you don't than get into a bad deal and, and have to figure it out along the way. With the uh, clear and concise and, and label the documents, that uh, t- totally get it. Totally get it. How that would be a, a nightmare as as a the hard money lender. As far as a business benefit, and again, I understand. But as far as a business benefit for the potential borrower, is there a business benefit for making life easier on the hard money lender, or because yeah, you would approve? Would you approve no, it? Either huge, would you, huge benefit. It's not that I would approve more, but if you call me and I know that everything you send me is a mess. I might look at your deal and say, you know, I have five other deals ahead of yours. Even though time is of the essence, I might push it to the back. But if I have a guy that I know that sends me a perfect file every time, I can read through it in 10 minutes and say, this is what he's looking to do. This is what he needs. And give me an instant. I can decide right away if this is a deal that can be done versus the guy that I got to pick through everything. The guy who I know is more organized, he's going to get my attention first. Makes sense. And what about your best advice ever for investors? Always do an effort. I can tell you for rehabbers, a lot of rehabbers look at me like I'm crazy. When you go to buy a property or look at a property, do an FHA appraisal on your rehab. And borrowers ask me all the time why I get this advice, because the chances of you selling that property to an end buyer that's going to use an FHA loan, it's probably really good. So you don't want your realtor's opinion. You don't want a BPO opinion. You want to know what the end bank lender is going to appraise that property for and base your after repair value based on that. Interesting stuff. I like it. All right, you ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure, go for it. All right, first a quick word from our best ever partners. Did you achieve all your real estate goals in 2015? Well, if you did, congratulations. Fist bump to you. If you didn't, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. Trevor McGregor is my business coach, my real estate coach. He's also been a guest on the show, episode 320. He is offering a free coaching session for the best ever listeners. Just go to coachwithtrevor.com and it'll help you to achieve your real estate goals in 2016. Do you want to make your investment analysis a breeze while making it look like you spent all week working on it? Then go to getrefm.com forward slash valuate. That's getrefm.com forward slash V-A-L-U-A-T-E. This is Bruce Kirsch's company. He's the best ever guest from episode 128. The episode's titled Crash Course on Financial Modeling for Real Estate Investing. Go to his company's website Get the software. You can try it out for free. It's a no-brainer. Get refm.com forward slash valuate. Best ever book you've read? Best ever book I would have to say, Thinking Grow Rich. All right. By Napoleon Hill. You'd also like uh, Three Feet from Gold. It's by the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Sharon Lechler uh, wrote it. Really, really good book. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it? Uh, something I don't talk about much, but I'm actually coming up on nine years sober in February. It's been a... Uh, probably the greatest thing I ever did. Congratulations. Thank you. What'd you learn from it? I learned that I cannot control everything, which for me is very tough to, to uh, or was very tough to realize at that point. But at this point, I do realize that sometimes you have to just take a step back and think before you do things and not, you know, not think that you're always in control even if, if you think you are. Which seems ironic to me when you're not drinking and you're controlling that you're not drinking. So... Are you are you referring? Are you referring to just life circumstances? Um, yeah, well, even even using that, it's it's not that you're controlling not doing it. It's that you realize that when you do some things, 
you just make a mess of, of everything. So it's just better not to do them. Got it. Best ever deal you've done. Best ever deal. Um, closed our investment property for a New York Giant. I'm not going to put his name on there, but being a lifelong Giants fan, it was actually really cool working with him getting through his construction deal. Best ever way you like to give back? Like to get back. I try and educate all my borrowers on, on calls. Just even if they don't do a deal with me, I try and just explain to them what a lender looks for on a deal. This way, if it doesn't even help them on this one, they might pick up one or two things that I say or, or write it down or even think about it at some point in the future. And hopefully it helps them on their deals going down the road. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Biggest, not buying as much as I could in 2007 and eight. And what's the best ever place the best ever listeners can reach you? A couple of ways. I have no problem giving out my cell phone. It's area code 516-526-8445. Um, I have a toll-free number as well, which is 866-461-2695. My email, very simple, hardmoneyman123 at gmail.com. And actually, during the day when I'm at my desk, you go on my website, hardmoneyman.com. There's a little chat box on the bottom. You drop something in there, you get me directly all day. Well, that's awesome. And thank you so much for being on the show. I, I love, from a marketing standpoint, I love your branding. Did you say, who, who told you about, or who recommended you get that website URL? I have to give the credit to my wife. Nice. Props to the wife. Great branding and wonderful insights. I uh, love the love the you know direct approach and you know talking talking shop with us. Some of the takeaways: one is the five things that you look for whenever you're looking at deals: credit score, liquid assets, rehab budget, purchase price, ARV. The other takeaway that I got from this is to be buttoned up and be clear and concise when you submit your paperwork, and there are business reasons attached to that, not just making the the hard money lender's life easier, but knowing that you'll be a good partner to partner with on deals and the deal can be assessed much quicker than if they're having to wade through all that stuff. And then lastly, the third thing that I took away from our conversation, I took away a lot of things, but these are the top three, is uh, your advice on doing an FHA appraisal on a rehab if you're uh, flipping a property because we've got to think of the end buyer. Uh, as well, it, because the if there's a high ch- likelihood of the end buyer getting that type of loan. So you want to know what they're going to be valuing it at. Thanks so much for being on the show, sharing your advice with best ever listeners. And we'll talk to you soon. Have a best ever day. Sounds good. I appreciate it. Thank you. Did you achieve all your real estate goals in 2015? Well, if you did, congratulations. Fist bump to you. If you didn't, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. Trevor McGregor is my business coach, my real estate coach. He's also been a guest on the show, episode 320. He is offering a free coaching session for the best ever listeners. Just go to coachwithtrevor.com and it'll help you to achieve your real estate goals in 2016. Do you want to make your investment analysis a breeze while making it look like you spent all week working on it? Then go to getrefm.com. 
getrefm.com forward slash valuate. That's G-E-T-R-E-F-M.com forward slash V-A-L-U-A-T-E. This is Bruce Kirsch's company. He's the best ever guest from episode 128. The episode's titled Crash Course on Financial Modeling for Real Estate Investing. Go to his company's website, get the software. You can try it out for free. It's a no-brainer. Get refm.com forward slash valuate.